Hey, before we get started with today's episode, I just want to quickly let you know that if you DM me the word audit on Instagram, that's at Ken Westgar, we'll do a quick 15-minute audit of your launch. And by the end of the audit, you'll know exactly where to put your focus in order to grow and scale your next launch. So like I said, DM me the word audit on Instagram, and I'll talk to you soon. You're listening to the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast, episode number nine. Today's guest is Rachel Davis, and she's sharing how she's making a huge impact on our future generations, and she's being in total alignment while she's doing it. So stay tuned. Have you launched your online course with great success? Or maybe you launched totally tank and you just want to curl up and cry. Well, it really doesn't matter. Hi, my name is Ken Westgar, and I'll help online course creators and membership site owners creating the most fun and profitable launches without having to go it alone. In this podcast, we talk about all kinds of launches. You'll get tons of valuable insights and fun stories that highlights the dramatic ups, downs, failures, and success that comes from being in launch mode. This is the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast. Welcome, everybody. Today, we are talking to Rachel Davis. Hello, Rachel. Hello. Nice to meet you, Ken. (laughs) Nice to meet you. That was air quotes for those you don't see that, but yeah. Nice to finally meet you. How are you? I'm really well. In fact, I'm on fire. I'm kind of really, I'm buzzing like a cheap speaker, I think is the words that I like to use. I'm in the middle of like the whole build up thing for my launch. So I am gathering momentum, you know? That's awesome. It's always exciting launching, isn't it? Exciting stroke skip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. It's not just one emotion. It's like 10 different ones. It's a roller coaster and a half, isn't it? Yeah, definitely is. <laughs> So how's the launch going? Um, Well, we haven't actually opened the cart yet. So we're just in that, you know, that this is last minute flurry where you kind of think, yeah, I've got this. And then you go, oh, no, I haven't done that. Or I haven't done this. Or my sales page needs that tweak. Or I haven't mentioned this on that video. Or that tag isn't quite added. So it's all that last minute frantic prep stuff. Because Mm -hmm. the way that I'm launching this time is is, is a different delivery method than the way I launched mm. last time. So right. I launched it as a course last time and this time it's being launched as a membership. So uh-huh. it's a slightly different focus, it's a different pricing structure, it's different offers, it, it's all of that sort of delivery is slightly different. Okay. Cool. Well before we get into that, I mean, I'd love to talk to you more about that. Let's just uh, hear a little bit about your background, your little bio, if you will. Okay. So yeah. um, my name is Rachel Davis. I am the founder of Lala Tigers. I'm a mother of two and I use music to empower children. I combine my fascination with the power of the mind and internal world. So emotions, thoughts, feelings, and belief systems. And I combine that with powerful affirmations within music and third party, incredible, powerful workshops to increase people's understanding of their internal world, help children live on purpose and to find their inner tiger do you know through, just through the awesome power of fun and music and in the process of that also help um parents to connect more with their child because we we know that research shows us that music and the connection that you have with your parent is the thing that actually supercharges the message and makes the messages going so much more so that's what my program delivers but my background um, has really, well, the reason why I got inspired to do this was because my children and I were in a very challenging, difficult situation. And it was actually the strategies and tools and techniques and tips that we used 
to take ourselves from a life of overwhelm and fear and kind of living in survival mode to becoming the fullest expression of ourselves and the journey, if you like, of helping my children and myself overcome difficult emotions and difficult feelings that really helped us to step into our power, Mm. you know, which is where the idea of La La Tigers came from because it's a little bit mental, a little bit, you know, but La La's also music. Yeah. But Tiger, there's there's a lot of rah and and rahsomeness and all this kind of stuff that goes into the programme. Uh, to make it lots of fun. We even have a little tiger, actually, that comes and delivers little pearls of wisdom and stuff. So that's my background. That's how we got into it. But I'd also been running music sessions for six years for under fives. Uh-huh. So all of those experiences kind of came together. And as I was stepping to my own power, I was realizing that I really wanted to serve on a much bigger scale. And I started getting all these inspirations for songs. And I went from literally working in a village hall like a year or so ago to now having a global online program, two albums and a TED Talk. So if I can do it as a frightened single parent, bringing up children single-handedly, I kind of feel like these tips and strategies and music can help everybody, you know? Wow. Yeah, that's a great story. I mean, it's just amazing. I mean, it's such a different niche than anything else I've heard about, to be honest. And, you know, you're killing it, to be honest. I think, and I don't want to, like, yeah, I do want to go out there. Yeah, yeah, brag a little bit. <laughs> Anything quite like it in the yeah. world. I think there's a lot of people that are trying to empower children. There's a lot of people mm-hmm. that are trying to empower parents. Um, and there are lots of people that are doing children's music. But if Absolutely. I think there's anybody that's harnessing that power of the unconscious mind and using music as a vehicle to increase the attachment in families, which is obviously where a lot of self-esteem and worthiness comes from anyway. But to mm. use it as a vehicle, we can, we can have a massive impact. In kids on yeah. and I get really passionate about it because like all of our belief systems form in the first seven years of life. I mean, literally yeah. everything that we kind of go on to use as our program is forming in those formative years. And if we can impact that and help our children believe that they have limitless potential and that they have the courage to be anything and do anything that they want and push through fear, mm-hmm. can you even imagine yeah. A generation, like, how, how old's your child? I thought, you, you've got a... What, yeah, i got two. It's one, one is six and one is eight, so... Okay. So, yeah. like, all you want for your children, I bet all you can see is limitless potential. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. But at some point in their life, something is, like, things will start to inhibit them. There will mm-hmm. be emotional traumas, there will be pains, there will be slights, there will be all that stuff. And allowing children or giving children strategies to be able to handle those, release those, and go on to live on purpose and Mm -hmm. to their full power just feels like an awesome thing to do. Yeah, totally. Can you talk a little bit more about how you actually use the music in all of this? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay, so I use music in loads and loads of different ways. So there's lots of different ways that I use music in the program. So my program takes parents and children on a journey so basically each lesson we build on the last and for example we start in the beginning part of the program in just really reminding parents who they are mm-hmm. because quite often the mental and emotional well-being of a child is very much tied up oh yeah with the mental and well-being of the parent we know you know we know that that is probably the biggest a factor in attachment so i start by making it as much fun for the parent as it is for the child and getting the parent back in touch with themselves because when mm. you become parents you kind of get lost don't you 
a little bit. <laughs> yeah. In the end, it's the demands of someone else and, you know, the sea of plastic stuff that's around, you know, that invades your home and, you know, all of that. So we, uh, for example, we have a Bad Wedding Dancing Championship workshop where we remind parents, you know, you know that moment, Ken, when you go out and you're, um, you're a little bit prim when you first go out and it was trying to look cool, uh, but then after maybe a couple of glasses of vino, you're doing the running around and doing that. <laughs> yeah. It's about that. It's about that energy, yeah. like losing your cool and getting down on your child's level. We also have this awesome, epic air guitar workshop where I bring in a three times air guitar champion and he teaches the children and the grown-ups how to do knee slides and air guitar and windmills and the rock face. And we kind of do rock jumps and we rock out. Um, <laughs> and that's really, and, and this is really intentional. It sounds like the, it's mental, which it is. But it's very intentional because what yeah. the beginning part of the program is making sure that, that Tiger Time is a fun place with no agenda. Mm-hmm. Because when it's fun for both the parent and the child, they become very receptive to the very intentional messages that are going to be coming later on. Mm. Um, and then we use music to help both parents and children increase their self-awareness and become aware of themselves. So we use music and songs to help children understand sensations in their body and become present we help children understand their body's early warning signals through the power of a song we help children understand their thoughts and their feelings so we have a song called monkey mind that explains how thoughts are like naughty little monkeys and then we do a song that where we all jump around like monkeys and we have to sit still and the whole process is about educating children about that they're not their thoughts and they're not their feelings that they are mm. What they choose. Wow, so good. Come. Then we have a song for that that partners up with an EFT workshop. Are you familiar with EFT at all? No, I'm not. Okay, so tapping is amazing. It's a little bit like acupressure or acupuncture, if you like, but without the pins because you don't want to stick pins in your kids. No, you don't. Down with that. But it's um, it works on tapping on particular junction points within the body's nervous system where you release trapped energies. And so then we have a song called Raindrops, where the child doesn't even know that you're doing EFT on them, but you can be tapping on their faces. And it's also because it allows them to become really present. And then we use music to encourage imagination and uh, encourage um, a positive mindset, if you like. And what we also do is so powerful affirmations so things like I'm capable of anything, I have permission to be awesome, size doesn't matter. All of these powerful messages go into all original songs that are delivered as original workshops with actions and things to do with the parent. Uh, and this, again, is all really, really intentional because, again, it's that attachment and connection that actually research shows strengthens the neural pathways and makes the message go in more and stay. Because I know, Ken, you don't remember anything your parents told you when you were... <laughs> no. I mean, I should have got Well, I might remember some things. And I was like, now that I'm an adult, you know, you go back and think, yeah, they were right. Hmm. Who knew? Weren't they? Like, yeah. But I bet you remember all the songs from when you were a kid. Do you know, a song can come on the radio or you can hear a song 30, 40, 50 years later and you know all the words. But not only do you know all the words, it probably evokes a feeling or a memory or a smell, or like you can actually be transported. Music has this amazing power to do that. So by 
instilling these messages through music as a vehicle which which has the ability to go straight into the unconscious mind the subconscious mind and stay there that's where the power of the program is it just you know before you when i hear my kids going around singing my songs i'm like singing i've got you like my kids don't listen to me generally have you found that yeah yeah they don't listen and this is where the inspiration of the program came from it's like my my child was unfortunately suffering with um, trauma at the time and he found it very difficult to be present or process more than one instruction at a time, which is, I know is really common in a lot of children anyway, Yeah. but he had hyperactivity and he literally, you could say something 15 times in his face and he, it would not register. But one day a song came on the radio, I think it was Bob the Builder, and he literally just instantly started singing it. Mm-hmm. Then I realised that I could use music to like teach them loads of stuff. So it started with getting their shoes and coats on and getting them to brush their teeth and getting them to pick their pants up. And it was all quite fun. Mm-hmm. But I was also going through this huge growth of my own. I was training, retraining in hypnotherapy and NLP. I was reading all of the spiritual texts. I was becoming very, very conscious and aware of my own internal world and mindset. And when this stuff started going in and working like a charm, by the way, like instantly. Yeah. I started realizing that I could teach actually much deeper, more intentional wisdom to children in the same way because it would go in and it would stay with them forever. And I'm like, everything that my children need to know about life is in my songs. This is so amazing. I mean, the amount of impact that you have on the world right now, it's, uh, it's beyond my beliefs, to be honest. And it's just amazing. I'm really hoping so. Because it's not really been, it's only been through its beta launch at the moment. Uh, so I've had a, my first launch was earlier in the year where I launched it as a course, if you like. Mm -hmm. And this goes back to really acting, I think, in alignment with our values, which is really difficult. When you're doing something for the first time, Ken, you know this, right? Mm. You're just looking outside of yourself. One's going, no, it's this, no, it's that. And you're like, oh, my goodness, what is it? I don't know. And you can't see the wood for the trees. And you think, I could have created this amazingness. What is it? How do I price it? What do I do with it? How do I deliver it? It's like... I just thought I could write some songs and it would all be great. It doesn't work like that. Oh my goodness. Like it drives my mind how much has been involved in it. But my, yeah. my vision, and if you like, I always think that this was sort of delivered to me. I became receptive. I did a lot of meditation and I cleared my mind a lot. And as this inspiration, which is what it was, was coming, the kind of songs wrote themselves really. Yeah. And the inspiration and the idea was always for a headspace type product or a Netflix type idea where people could have access to it for as long as they needed to it on a very low priced membership like idea. And then it turned into this high priced course. And then like, it kind of got a bit sticky for a while and I couldn't move forward because I just started listening to everybody else, which interestingly yeah. is what I teach children to do is to listen to themselves. Exactly. And you went the other way. (laughs) Here I was, not taking my own advice, listening to everybody else. And then I I kind of, I got stuck. And I went round and round in circles a few times. And then I thought, you know what, I'm really struggling. And I went back to meditation and I went back to listening to myself. And I remembered what I was here to do. Mm -hmm. Do you know? Um, And so this time it's going to be launching as a membership idea. Yeah. So, and suddenly everything started moving again. It's amazing. Right, yeah. We were back on purpose and back in alignment. With mm-hmm. Suddenly, all these mysterious forces come forward to kind of help yeah. support you. It's weird how that works out. It's, 
where is my mind? Like the, the people and the things and the opportunities that come into your life mm-hmm. when you're, I think, living on purpose or doing something to serve a bigger, bigger vision or a bigger purpose outside of yourself. Mm-hmm. Just not. Yeah, that's kind of where this whole podcast idea came from as well. I mean, I was doing email marketing before and, you know, trying to build up membership and everything just kind of, yeah, didn't feel right. It wasn't working out. And then all of a sudden I get this feedback that, you know, you're not into this. I'm not feeling that you really want to do this. And I was like, hmm, yeah, maybe you're right. You know, people feel lonely, don't they? Yeah. They're not, on fire. They're not buying it. Exactly. So when I started thinking about it, you know, okay, maybe that's not what I'm into. Let's figure out what is my zone of genius? You know, what is it that I want to do? And once that bowl started rolling, I mean, it's been, I don't know how to explain, but you know what I'm saying. You know, everything started feeling aligned, everything just kind of working out by itself. Uh, Everything felt lighter, easier. It was just amazing. And the right people and opportunities. Like I was, in my program, I teach children to to trust and surrender and to step into the biggest vision that they have for themselves Mm -hmm. and to the ability to push through fear, which is always there, right? That fear is always there, but... But razor tiger, the Razor Tiger program is very much about courage and the ability to push through fear. And when you do that and you find that courage inside you and you start, just take one step, that just things drop into, into play. Mm-hmm. Opportunities happen that you, would, you could never have planned for. I mean, I know we're going to talk about my TED Talk in, in a minute, but the series of circumstances that happened for that to come about still kind of leaves me a little bit breathless as to how that even happened. Do you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about that first launch when you launched it as an online course before we talk about the TEDx talk. Okay. How did that all go about, you know? Okay. Well, first of all, I was really scared. Naturally. I was really scared. I had no idea what I was doing. I was using a platform called Kajabi, which I'm sure mm. all of your listeners might be familiar with, but I didn't. I like, I'm not techie. Can I just say that? <laughs> you're not alone I think you know. <laughs> and I was like oh and just the reason I chose Kajabi was just because I couldn't deal with the fact of having to deal with learning three or four different like email right. and stuff so I put it all in one place Yeah. but even then I found it incredibly ch- sorry I've got a budgie by the way so if you hear some chirping and chirping in the background that's disco my budgie he loves <laughs> so I kind of I, I just I was just winging it really I just yeah. I, I, um, I did Stu McLaren's tribe mm-hmm. and I, I tried to take all of it on board but you know it's like you're one person right yeah and you're, I, I can write you a, to- a song in 10 minutes if you ask me to like think about marketing and email sequences and and you know sales pages I was like oh my goodness so you kind of just sort of trip over you think well I'll put that together that'll do and you cobble something together and you kind of throw it out there and you just pray a little bit I, <laughs> I kind of loosely followed the Jeff Walker launch style thing. So like I did a video on the power of belief and I did a video on the power of music and then I did a video on the power of connection and I kind of threw it all out and I just sort of held my breath and, and people started buying it. I was, I couldn't believe it. I remember there's, there's nothing quite like that first purchase. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, what? what? Finally, somebody confirming that what you have is something they want to buy. Yeah. And it just—it's it, just such an amazing feeling. And mm-hmm. I, I closed the launch after a period. I, I kept it open for about two weeks. Oh wow! So that's pretty long. 
Right. Yeah, but yeah. I was told that I should have kept it open longer because the thing is, I was ah. like, nobody knew who I was. It didn't really yeah. have a massive following. I had an email list of about 500, mm-hmm. most of which had been coming from my, I'd been running music sessions, live music right. sessions for six years. So most of the people were that. And it was really a very different product to really mm. fun because what I'd done in my music sessions were lots of traditional kids' music. Yep. What this was, was like this epic program to empower children to live on purpose. It was a very, very different product. Um, and so I think what surprised me the most is when some people bought it, I, know, I didn't know who they were. Yeah. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> That's the beautiful part about it. I, I, I did an interview on a page in Japan and like three people bought it. In Japan. And then uh, an amazing lady called Denise Duffield Thomas, which I don't know if you know, know of. Um, she is, uh, she's the author of Chilpreneur and she's very much a manifesting specialist. I just, I sent her a little message and just went, oh, you don't know me, but this is what I do and you're a badass. And if you like it, check it out. And she bought it. She did. She, I was like. Amazing. What? <laughs> um. And then, and then I kind of shut it down and I went into just nurturing those people and making sure they're amazing. I have a Facebook group, a fierce Facebook group, Facebook group. Yeah. And I just went into nurturing it. But the problem was I hadn't built the back half of the program yet. Mm-hmm. So I built the front half of the program, which might I say just took forever. Mm-hmm. Like I had to go into studios and record the sound. Because the thing is with sound, you can't just... You know this, Ken. <laughs> I do. Particularly with music, I found. Yeah. So I'd had to get this software. I'd had to get like a little mini desk. I'd had to get a walkabout mic. I'd had to like the stuff I had to learn just to get to that mm-hmm. process. So I'd built the first half of the program and the people were coming in the front half and I was like, oh, jolly, jolly, dripping it out slowly. Mm-hmm. And then frantically building the back half of the program as I was going along which I might add, is still happening this time, which is why it's turned into a membership because the creativity keeps coming. Yeah. So, and it keeps growing, which I think is why it suits a membership better because it allows me that freedom for the creativity. But they went yeah. through it and nobody died. <laughs> nobody died. <laughs> That's amazing. And, and, and then the feedback that I got gave me more confidence and more courage. And then it's that whole circle, isn't it? You get some people mm. through, you serve some people. They give you amazing feedback. It gives you more confidence. And then you're able to use that feedback and their testimonials in your next launch. So that's what I'm frantically building now. And here's the thing. Every time you can look back at the videos that you made, because, of course, you grow and change. Of course, yeah. Every time you do it, I'm looking back at it going, oh, no, that's awful. I've got to do that again. Do you know? (laughs) (laughs) Really hard to let go of your art, isn't it? Yeah. Of course it is. I think that's the hardest thing for me. Let go, let go, <laughs> I'm go and make something new. What did that, you know, you said you had a 14-day open card. What did that do with you emotionally? I mean, it's a long time trying to do the launch. So, I mean, energy-wise, what did that do to you? Well, I'm like a Labrador puppy on speed most of the time. So, <laughs> like, suddenly I was in, like, if you take that energy level, you ramp it up. I was living off like uh, like sugar and coffee, and I started waking up at four or five o'clock in the morning. And you're just on on you, and you, my brain wouldn't stop. 
and I was interviewing people and I was getting, because I was, I, I have obviously EFT practitioners and I have life psychologist workshops in my program. I was like bringing all these people and I was trying to be on mm-hmm. all the time. And then basically like when we stopped and the camera stopped and then my kids came home, we would literally just like have fish and chips and literally pass out in front of a movie and then I would just go to bed and then it would start all over again the next day. It was cool times. Right. And, and I'm just, just gearing up for that again. See, I'm all checking out. It'll be weeks. It'll be broken. <laughs> broken. They're going to break me. No, they're not going to break you. And nothing's going to break me. I'm a tiger. No. Yeah. No, but that's, I mean, it takes a lot of, you got to know what you're doing and you got to be present and you just, I'm amazed that you managed to do that for 14 whole days, to be honest. I mean, personally, you know, four or five, six days with a launch, I'm done after that, to be honest. Well, I kind of have to pace myself a little bit, you know, but to be fair, like I, I do lives on my Facebook page sort of four or five times a week anyway. Mm-hmm. It's not a lot different to right. what I do anyway. And then what I've also got is I've got some pre-recorded content of the video with the psychologist from last time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've got some of the posts from last time. So what I'm able to do is reuse some of that content and add. I mean, the first time it's just like you're like in one of those revolving doors. Except, <laughs> yeah. except there's like a hand sticking out. And every time you go around, you just get smacked in the face. That's kind of <laughs> I can totally see that. You just like keep getting down and getting back up with anything. And then you get off the live and you think, why did I say that? That was awful. But each time, I think what's really important is that there's, there is no such thing as failure. Really, you just learn from every single little thing that you do. Mm-hmm. just enables you to get better. And I'm sure this time, you know, I still feel all over the place. I still feel not ready. Of course. But we're never ready. This is the thing. It's never going to be perfect. No. We just have to, we have to set a date and we have to commit. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing, isn't it, Ken? If you don't set a date, you just go, yeah, I'm launching in October. It's not going to happen, is it? We know that doesn't happen. So it's not until you commit to a date and work it back, put the things in your diary. And even then, I'm still winging it a little bit. Yeah. Do you know? Everyone's winging it, aren't they? I mean, unless you've got like a massive marketing budget and a team behind you and all of that, you know, when you're first starting out, you're winging it. It's all all new territory. Yeah. If you haven't launched before, you have no idea what you're getting into. So of course you're going to wing it. And this is only my second launch. It's still all shiny and new. Yeah. You know, and I've never launched a membership before. But I love it because I think... Yeah, when you're in alignment with it, I really feel like the energy is going to feel different for me this time. Yeah, absolutely. And not feeling quite in alignment with it. The whole how you show up is different. Mm-hmm. Like for what I'm delivering for nine nine ninety nine a month, I'm like it's a no brainer. Yeah. How can you not buy this? From what you've been telling me now, yeah, that's a no brainer. Like if you don't buy this, get off my list. Do, yeah. Do you know, like. And I still don't know whether this, because I'm going all out on it. I just thought, do you know what? One of my mentors is saying, you need to drip feed this. You, and I think, well, you're a kid, but I tried to control it last time. Mm-hmm. Tried to control it with the drip feed. And I tried to run it as a course. And I tried to keep everybody on the same page. But do you know what? It doesn't work. Yeah. Like people, what happens is people are either getting overwhelmed because they thought, oh, I missed it. And no one behind. Once they've missed one or two of them, mm-hmm. you lose them. 
Yeah. And some people might move a little bit faster. So they're sitting there. When's the next video coming? What's yeah, Some yeah. people are off work with their young children. So they like, I can do this mm-hmm. more. And some people are working like with parents of young children. Well, our lives are pretty crazy anyway. And I really don't want to overwhelm people. But at the same time, there's a huge element of trust. Because if I'm giving people access to everything, I mean, there's probably about 40 interviews, workshops, music workshops in there. Like you could barrel, if like if you put your mind to it, you could barrel through that in a month. Yeah. Okay. But the thing is, it wouldn't work. So I actually do a little, I actually make people like do an oath at the beginning of the program. We'll put their hand on my heart and go, right, I promise to be a grown up and do this program in the way that it's been intended. <laughs> and I make them say that I'm a fierce badass tiger mama as well because it just makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah. But I get them to promise to use the program in the right way. Mm-hmm. And the thing is with children, repetition is everything. You know when your kid gets something that they love. Mm-hmm. You're watching that again, right? Oh, yeah. You're doing that again. That's why we buy the movies and not rent yeah, the yeah, movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's how it works. You want the child to learn the song. Yeah. The child doesn't learn the songs and it doesn't go into their subconscious mind. What's the point? Why are you even in the in the first place? Exactly. So there's a there's an actual promise where I, I like, but you have to think these are all things that you have to think about. I didn't say this last time because I dripped it. So now I'm having to change my intro videos to reflect the fact that this is a journey. This is how it works. Mm-hmm. This is what you've got to do to make it work. And let's all be grown up. And I'll trust you with it. Go through it and stay in it as long as you want. And when you're done, there's yeah. more. But I also, what I also love about the membership idea is it removes a massive barrier to a lot of people mm. do you know like this can the information that's in this program i mean I, we've just filmed a an, uh, a protective behaviors workshop about allowing children to feel safe and what to do when they don't feel safe i mean this is the kind of information that helps helps kids so much and if you say right this is two or three hundred quid i would say that 90 percent of the people that would most benefit from this program can't buy it yeah Let's get into that TEDx talk that you did, though. I want to hear about that. How did that happen? How did that happen? It's a really good question, Ken. And I think when I talk to people and I tell people, they look at me like slightly mental. <laughs> so I'm going to tell the story how I see it. Um, yeah. So I am a great believer in the power of attraction. Mm-hmm. Great believer in mindset, and I'm a great believer in raising my own personal energy with things like gratitude and setting intention and what I believe that when you do that when you're very you have a lot of clarity of what your intention is and you're very clear on what you want from the universe and you um play it in your mind consistently as though it's already happened and attach a lot of gratitude to it if you attach a very elevated emotion to very powerful intention what happens is my belief is that you attract those experiences to you mm-hmm. so i could show you a picture which i'm not going to do because, but i could show you a picture, obviously <laughs> on my, on i was journaling about being a tedx speaker it was something that i wanted to be i wanted right. and i'd never done any public speaking before in my life just so you know okay uh and but i've been journaling about it i was like but you when you're journaling you have to do it as though it's in the present tense so i was writing i am a tedx speaker right mm-hmm. So I'm, so I'm sitting there one day and I'm in this Facebook group of inspiring entrepreneurial women and we all support each other. And somebody mentioned TEDx. 
And I went, oh, yeah, I've always wanted to do one of those. Because you know, don't you, as an entrepreneur, it's kind of like a holy grail mm-hmm. of, you know, a, of an achievement. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I just have to also point out that if at this moment in time I had built my program, it had just been a beta launch, but really n- nothing else. Nobody knew who I was, what I was doing, or the power of my work, other than people in my entrepreneurial group and my immediate circle. And I said in this Facebook group, I really fancy doing a TEDx talk. And they just sent me a link. And they went, here you go, this, this, there's one in Kent. I was like, ooh. Mm-hmm. And the thing I know about manifesting or power of attraction is that you have to take action. Yeah, absolutely. You don't have to take action. It doesn't work. So I was like, ooh. <laughs> I, I've actually got what to do a TED talk I've actually got to apply for one there's the thing so I looked at the application I had 24 hours to apply I can't do that I can't do that uh, I've got something like I think I had something like 20 minutes before it was a school run and then the next day I was going off to the recording studio and I had like, there was just no other time to do it and to do the application process you have to submit a two minute video mm-hmm. and I've like, got no head I can't do this. I can't do this. Oh, that's a shame. Okay, I won't do it. But the theme for the TEDx talk, because each of the TED events has generally has a theme attached to it. And the theme of it was a reimagined future. And here's me reimagining this future of a generation of human beings who understand themselves and can live on purpose. I'm going, oh, this, this is perfect. And so I decided I wasn't going to do it because I didn't have time. And then literally <laughs> at five to three, before the school run, I just thought, sod it, I'm just, just going to do it, I'm just going to do it. And I filmed a two-minute video on my phone, and the second take, I, I kind of thought, well, that'll just have to do. And then I saved the video, because I knew I could do the application a little bit later, but the video, once my kids were here, I knew that it was all over. Do you know, yeah. you, can't, you can't do any filming when your children are around. Rule one. It's, it's hard, yeah. Um, so... That evening, I sent the application off with the video and just forgot all about it, which I think is also really key to the law of attraction is detachment, the outcome. And I forgot all about it. But then about four weeks later, I'm sitting in the hairdressing, like in my hairdressing salon, because mm-hmm. like, I don't know if people but like, I like a bit of hairstyle for me. Anyone can't see me. I'm generally, my hair, sometimes when I look, it normally has a quiff. There's loads of stuff going on. And when my friend goes, and it's, it's Tex in Folkestone. And they're like, have you not checked your emails? We've been trying to get hold of you. Oh, wow. Really? It's like, oh, have you? <laughs> and they said, yeah, we're really interested in your idea. And we'd like to interview you. I was like, oh, okay. So we set this, the phone interview up. And the woman that interviewed me was, do you know when you just click with somebody? Mm-hmm. The woman that interviewed me was an EFT practitioner. Oh. Oh, I... I've got an EFT workshop for children in my program and I've written a song for EFT. Mm. And I started quoting all these books to her about the power of belief and how that changes our physiology. And I was quoting Bruce Lipton. I turned she was like, oh my goodness, this is my favourite book in the whole world. Anyway, the 30-minute interview that we were supposed to have turned into hour and 40 minutes. There you go. <laughs> and I came off going, well, that went well. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. That went well. But then really just completely forgot about it but just kept replying loads of gratitude to my vision. And then they told me that I'd got it. And I just, I literally, I, I kind of went nuts when they told me and I couldn't quite believe it. Mm. Even when I turned up to meet all the other speakers, I've got all that imposter syndrome thing. You know? yeah, yeah. Who am I? You know, like, I'm just a mum. I'm, you know, it's just an idea. 
who know, you know, but they were so passionate and they showed so much enthusiasm and belief in my idea. It kind of brought me to tears and the help that, that I, I just lucked out massively with TEDx spokesmen because there are, you know, TEDx as a brand, they deliver a lot of talks all over the world. But basically there are groups of people that buy a license and then they run in alignment with TEDx guidelines. And I just totally lucked out because TEDx folks were awesome. I had a mentor. They helped me with public speaking. They helped me refine my idea. They allowed me to put children. As a full-time single parent with two children, like Folkestone is 100 miles away from me. Mm-hmm. I had all these workshops, but they were midweek between six and nine. Mm, wow. So to go to them, I had to take my kids. Mm-hmm. But they were like, yeah, just bring your kids. It's fine. They got actors in to help us with improv workshops to get us used to being on the stage. They, oh, they were just, they were amazing. Wow. So my talk was the culmination of four months of a lot of swearing, a lot of rewriting, and a lot of, in the end of it, just coming away from the writing process going, do you know what? When I write it, it sounds rubbish. It's my story, and I need to tell it like a story. And that's when it all came together. They really helped me with that whole process of it. To, to, to try and get your idea in someone else's head in 18 minutes, it's really hard. Yeah. But I'm assuming you've watched it, Ted. Uh, Ken, when you Ted? <laughs> head on my mind. I'm assuming you watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope. I, I think. I think I got it. I think I got it across. Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. Incredibly proud of it. You should be. Obviously, I played Pick Up Your Pants, which is a massive banging hashtag, because that's the other thing about my music, is it isn't all plinky-plonky kid stuff. You know, it's rock music and music to make it fun for the parents. Pick Up Your Pants got a massive cheer, which I was not expecting. Because if you've got parents, if you've got kids under seven, and you want to get them to pick up their pants, seriously, head to my website. You can get it for free. It's, on, it's a free workshop, and it gets them to pick up their pants, and you get to dance and get like, like you've not been out for ages. Perfect. <laughs> little plug there Ken sorry yeah no, that's totally fine <laughs> oh that's amazing though you should be really proud of getting on that TEDx stage and just being able to air your story it, it was huge I mean mm. nerves before like I woke up at four in the morning and I was I was pacing backstage and you know there was there were people on that stage that were keynote speakers earning six seven thousand pounds a time and then there was me and it just goes to show you the, the power of ten. And taking action in the present moment and everything that I teach, it works. Do you know? They're really mm-hmm. now. And if you just focus on now and you don't worry about the future, that's, that's huge for being able to move forward with anything because it's the fear of the future that stops us moving forward so much. Absolutely. All right. So let's just briefly touch on how things are heading into the membership launch. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to know? <laughs> well, I want to know is what is it that you're doing differently this time? You mentioned that you're doing things a little bit different since it's a membership versus an online course. So, what has changed? What's changed is I feel so. I've changed. You would change, yeah. I've changed. I've changed in the way I'm showing up, in the way I feel when I'm doing my lives. I've changed in the way. I'm recording my videos. I've changed in the way that I'm writing my emails because the conviction, I mean, I've always had passion mm-hmm. and I've always had enthusiasm, but my conviction for what I'm delivering and how this can help change parents' and children's lives is huge. 
So even though I've not gone into like the actual open car week yet, like I'm, I feel nervous. But also then, of course, I've got the testimonials coming off the back of the last, you know, I've got, I've got early childhood educators going, this is literally the best thing I've ever done with my child. I've got like authors going, this is like my diet for kids. This is like, this isn't a program. This is a way of life. And to hear other people say it, I think, and I'm bearing in mind, I talk about the power of belief. Other people's belief has really fueled my conviction and my drive to, to get it out there. Because I think so many times when you're trying to launch, that fear is really difficult to get over. You know, to put yourself and make yourself vulnerable, put yourself out there is incredibly difficult. But understanding that by not doing it, I'm not helping has, has been a game changer. I'm doing a disservice by not doing it. Do you know, and that's the it's the whole energy behind it, and everything is in. You know, so and also I, I'm a little bit more savvy with the tech. Um, I'm actually thought about the I've actually thought about the email sequence. <laughs> so I've actually thought about what people need to understand. I've thought about what questions that they might have. I've thought about you know the things that might stop them. Wanting to take, like, I can't think of any, why anybody would not want to do anything. <laughs> well, there has to be something, so let's put something in there. Yeah, it just, whereas last time it was just like, oh, an email, oh, an email. It was very much a, like a scattered, winging it approach. Mm-hmm. It feels more measured. It feels more controlled. I'm still nervous, but... But it's a good nervous. Pardon? It's a good nervous, not... You know, like I said, you're not scared this time. You're just nervous. Nervous excitement, actually, for what the what the future might bring, and and you know, and and the kind of because the energy than when I did it last time, because it's the energy of your members and the energy of the people in your program that fueled that. Mm-hmm. You know, and and last time we launched, I was nervous, but the energy of the people in my group the way they were showing up, they were filming their kids, doing my songs and putting it in the group and they're all singing my songs back to me and they're doing air guitar in my group. Just, it was glorious. And so this time I'm not so scared because it's not so unknown. So I know, you know, that that kind of energy and that we're going to have a party. We're going to have so much fun. So I'm looking forward to meeting a whole whole new load of people. It's a very, yes, very different feeling with slightly more structure. Slightly. I mean, not, I'm not there yet. I still, you know, but I'm, I'm going to be launching again in February. So the plan is to launch, like, launch it three times a year as a closed membership. So each time we get better. Absolutely. And it seems like you come a long way, even though. Do it. Just do it. Just do it. Yeah. Trip over yourself. Do it. Make loads of mistakes. Fail big because every single mistake you make, you'll never make it again. And you get better and you improve, you know? Absolutely. So do you have any last tips before we wrap this up? Don't get a budgie if you want to film anything. <laughs> Don't get a budgie. I mean, literally. <laughs> it's been just cheering you on. I think, I think if I've got any tips for anybody wanting to do it, I would say that trust yourself. Trust your inner vision. You have a message for the world and you can help people. You know, get out of your own way. Don't worry about your insecurities. Don't worry about, like, when I started in the beginning, the way I was filming myself, I look back and I think, that's awful because I'm trying to be, trying to be something, or I'm trying to do it right. But actually, what I found was when I was filming my videos, it's the realness that people like, you know, 
that's what fierce and being a tiger is all about. So there might be a sock or a toy in my shot. Do you know? But I'm a mum. Yeah. No, I might trip over a word. None of it matters. What matters is your delivery, your passion, and, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect, and your content, what you say. It doesn't matter if you miss a word, trip over a word, or, you know, you don't have all the lighting in the big fancy studio. I don't have that either. I do everything. All the workshops have been filled in my living room, pretty much, apart from the air guitar. Because we did a, we, we went to a skateboard park for that and did some slides down around. Oh, another story. But those things stop people moving forward. They think they're not enough. They think they don't have the stuff. Mm-hmm. Need it. You just need passion, a message, a webcam, or even a phone. Some of my stuff's filmed on my phone. Yeah. And you can just launch it in a Facebook group, even. Do you know? You don't need all this mm-hmm. stuff. No, you don't. You think you do, but you don't. You, th- you think you do. But, and, but they're all just obstacles that you're putting in front of yourself. They're just stopping you from moving forward, basically. Scared. And you're scared of being vulnerable. But uh, Brené Brown is a huge hero of mine. The ability to make yourself vulnerable is a prerequisite for any kind of success. Great. I love this. I love it. So how can people connect with you, find out more about you, your program, share it? Uh, my uh, website is lalatigers.com. Um, my program is called Raise a Tiger. And that launches three times a year. But all the information is pretty much on my website. You can also find me on Facebook and Insta, again, under La La Tigers. And I'm popping on and having a chat with people all the time. So come find me. Come and play. More importantly, come and play. Come and play. It's a lot of fun in what we do. That's great. I'll put that in the show notes so people can uh, find you. And um, I just want to say thank you for coming on the show and sharing your story. And I think it's an amazing thing that you're doing and you're going to have a huge impact on the world and the kids that's growing up. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm really grateful to you. It was lovely to hang out and then being able to share my message. I'm really grateful to you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast. Now, if you like this episode, I would really appreciate if you left a review over on iTunes. And secondly, head on over to Instagram and connect with me at Ken Westgar. That's K-E-N-W-E-S-T-G-A-A-R-D. And drop me a DM and tell me all about your launch. And I'll catch you in the next episode.